It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Bucks offense looked excellent over the last two games, particularly in the second half, but is there more to it than the Bucks simply shooting well from the three-point line? Drew Holiday's making a case for the All-Star game, but has he left his run too late? And did Brook Lopez disrespect a potential trade target for the Bucks? Let's get into that and more. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. ESPN and alongside me from uh, Locked on Bucks and the Technical Foul Podcast, Camille Davis with us as she is at least once a week. And uh, just uh, just the one, one V1 podcast here. We haven't got the craziness of last week's uh, Fatal 4-Way. So uh, we'll be able to bounce some ideas off each other, Camille. We thank everyone for making Locked on Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single weekday. And just a little bit of, and by the way, subscribe hit notifications, all that stuff, jump in the YouTube comments. A little more positive the last couple of days, shall we say. Now, we know that's one bad performance from the Bucks away from turning uh, back to the negative stuff. But for now, some happy chat over on YouTube, which we love to see. But some housekeeping. So tomorrow, the Bucks don't play until Saturday night. They've got the Cavs, obviously a team that are right in the mix uh, for potential home court this season. They're currently losing to the Memphis Grizzlies as we're recording this. But overall, only a game behind the Bucks as we record this. So we're going to catch up with Locked On Cavs tomorrow. So if you've got any questions for the Cavs uh, guys over there at Locked On Cavs, chuck them in the YouTube stream and we'll throw them uh, at those guys because they're in an interesting spot. Young team, haven't had a long playoff run yet, but they did go all in on a trade for Donovan Mitchell, which is exciting for the fan base. I think they're fired up. So we're going to get into that, Camille. I'm hitting you with a question straight away, right off the bat. Oh, boy. Brook Lopez got ejected yesterday. His first ever ejection in an NBA game. Very long NBA career. 15 years, I believe. So uh, let's be honest. He can fire up from time to time. But uh, most of the time, good-natured, funny guy, good spirits, plays the game fairly. He was asked about this ejection post-game, and I think he was a little bit miffed about the whole situation. Got into it with Gary Trent Jr. uh, from the Toronto Raptors a little bit. Ripped the headband off. I don't think it's a big deal. Apparently, it's very offensive. Now, I want to go to this post-game quote from our great friend, Eric Name, who provided us with this gold on Twitter. I'll pull it up on the screen. Joe Ingles was heavily involved. Joe Ingles started interviewing Brooke Lopez. And Joe said, how did the headband end up on the ground? Lopez said, I don't know. I didn't see anything happen. I thought I I should have gotten minus two Ts, if that makes sense. Like to go forward, 
two get out of jail free cards. That's how good I was. I was a good person out there. And Ingles says, I thought you were a good guy. And Lopez says, look, I thought I was a real good person. Apparently, like Steve Trent, whatever the guy's name is, he wanted to hold me. He wanted to hold me. That's how good of a person I was. Steve Trent. Steve. (laughs) This is a man that we've floated on this podcast as a potential trade target. Uh, Can the Bucks not trade for this man anymore? Because Brooke Lopez called Gary Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, stranger things have happened when it comes (laughs) to teammates. There there was that. I mean, Russ and and Pat Beverly teammates right now, who would have ever thought that that could happen? Um, But no, the whole thing with Brooke was, was pretty comical. I actually first listened to the game. So um, the guys on Tech File made a joke that I was in concussion protocol because I was I hit my head and I was like, I, I might have a little uh, concussion action going on. So I was wow. I was listening to the game on the radio, which shout out to the radio broadcast team, our good friend Justin Garcia over there as well. Um, and I heard what was happening and I was like, wait, what? This doesn't make sense. So this morning I watched the game and I was just, it was even better to like hearing it was one thing and it didn't make sense in my head. I was like, so they're, they're tangled up in the headbands thrown somewhere. And when I actually see it, I'm just like, this is the most Brooke Lopez ejection ever. And I know he's never been ejected, but to get ejected when it looked to me as if he wasn't trying to really do anything malicious, like they got tangled up, he grabs the guy's headband and tosses it. And that was going to be the end of it for Brooke. He was getting ready to walk away. And then some pushing and shoving happened and things escalated a little bit. So the whole thing was just, it was surreal, but it felt very on brand for Brooke Lopez. Even the post-game quotes, like the one you just read and the other ones that came from it, it was just like, this dude is clearly upset, but his sense of humor is so uh, wacky. (laughs) And it's funny too, because there are people who aren't familiar with Brooke and his personality. Like I saw some quote tweets to Eric's story and Eric's quotes. Um, and they're just like, this guy's so weird. I don't get him at all. Like someone get him out of here. And I'm like, he's, he's being comical, uh, trying to make the best out of this situation, which was bizarre all the way around. No, I have no doubt. All jokes aside, I have no doubt that Brooke Lopez knows what his name is. And he was just in a very Mm -hmm. silly mood. He just got ejected for the first time, uh, in his, in his career. So I'm sure he knows that his name's Gary Trent Jr. Don't call me Steve. And Gary actually had a pretty good game. Uh, last night against the Bucks, and he's had a couple of good games against the Bucks. He played 43 minutes. Uh, Nick Nurse, let's just say he likes to use his starters to their maximum potential when it comes to minutes-wise, which has drawn some criticism, uh, perhaps the new Tom Thibodeau. But 10 for 19 from the field for Gary Trent, 4 for 9 from 3, 28 points in this game. He also had four steals, and he fits that category uh, with these Raptors players in terms of the size that he has. I'm trying to look it up right here. How tall is Gary Trent? Six five. Thank you very much, Camille. But he is uh, paid around seventeen and a half mil thereabouts, so he has been brought up. Now I don't really know why the Raptors would want, you know, Grayson Allen, Jordan War, a potential package. But all jokes aside, he's a pretty nice player, and he's only twenty four years old. I couldn't agree more. When uh, Toronto got him, because he was in Portland before the remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just, he's the kid. He's a, he's a hooper. Like he, he can put the ball in the basket. He doesn't have any quit in him, and his game is really nice. And we've had conversations on here before about trading Grayson Allen. If we should do it for Jay Crowder, so on and so forth. And with any trade 
idea, trade package, trade idea, trade machine, whatever we're going to throw out here. For me, it always depends on what you get back. So I have been somebody who is very big on Grayson Allen. Um, I think Grayson Allen has a lot of skill sets that are valuable to this team. But if we could put him in a package <laughs> to get Gary Trent back, it's kind of like, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, you go and do that. Like, And he's also a position of need as a shooting guard where it's like we kind of need some more guards that can create a little bit, get their shot. And, you know, I think he'd be a great fit if it happened. Like you said, I don't – we don't know what Toronto's going to do here at this deadline. Yeah, right. Um, with their records, kind of like are they going to continue on this course or are they going to just try to blow everything up and start over? Or are they going to be sellers or what at this deadline? And Toronto can really change a lot of things for a lot of teams if they decide to be sellers at this deadline. They're 20 and 25 right now. They're in the 11th seed, so – they're really in that mix with the Chicago Bulls who are 20 and 24 and both teams feel like they're going nowhere. I would argue the Bulls are going uh, uh, nowhere even more if that's even the right way to say that just because of the age of the guys that have the injury stuff they got going on. But the Raptors have some legit guys that are valuable, but it's just they tried this sort of 6'9", lengthy, mm -hmm. undersized stuff and it just doesn't seem to work, particularly on the defensive end. So they've got some interesting pieces uh, and I am. I think they're going to be a player. It'll just be interesting to see where they go. I don't actually know, uh, you know what they would want or what they would want to do with a guy like Gary Trent. He's got a player option next year for around $18 million, which, again, seems like decent value. So I'll be fascinated. I just really wanted to bring up that quote from Brook Lopez because I thought it was absolutely hilarious. He was on fire uh, yesterday. And also give some praise to Gary Trent. I like him as a player. I also like Drew Holiday. And we're going to talk about Drew Holiday. Plenty of comments in the YouTube stream yesterday suggesting that he is making a serious push for the All-Star game. We discussed the Brook v. Drew stuff. Do I think the Bucks can get three All-Stars? No. Mm -hmm. Do I think that they can get two? I think they probably deserve it, particularly second in the East. We'll get into Drew Holiday and the All-Star game after I talk about Built Bar. I wish I had a Built Bar right now. But if you're looking for a delicious treat and don't want all the fat and calories you got to try a built Bar. Uh, we just got through the holidays. Some people trying to look after their weights, uh, but they still want to eat the snacks. We all want the snacks. Let's be honest. And the good thing about built Bar, it's healthy and actually tasty at the same time. They're so delicious, it's, uh, it's hard to believe that they're actually good for you. That is uh, the fact. Flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, uh, you can go right down the list. And the good news is you can go to built.com and get yourself a box if you would like, but you don't have to. You can go to Walmart. You can go to Sam's Club right now, put them straight in the car, probably finish a box off within a day, go straight back to Walmart again, get yourself a second box. So uh, go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club, uh, grab a 13-bar box with all the hit flavors, including brownie batter and churro as well. You can thank me later for that or just go to built.com the old school way, uh, but you will not be disappointed. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Drew Holiday. Let me open my little notebook here. I took down some notes. So in January, so overall, Drew's having a decent year, but he was in and out of the lineup to start the season. He had that illness that everyone had. 
Took him probably a little while to get going. But in January, he's averaging 21 points, seven rebounds, four assists. Uh, sorry, 21 points, seven assists. His assist totals have been high, uh, getting the four rebounds as well. On 51% from the field, 45% from three, and 80% from the free throw line. He has been super, super efficient. And the interesting thing is, for some reason, I think in my head when I watch Drew, sometimes he gets himself to great position and misses those bunnies. And But the crazy thing is he's shooting a career-high 73% at the rim this season. This is the, the, the most efficient he's ever been at the rim. And it still feels like there's some room uh, to improve there. And that is what Frank was talking about on yesterday's podcast. Uh, he just gets himself to unbelievable spots, using his strength, using playing at his own pace, misdirection, using his... Maybe his opposite hand. I don't know. Is his left hand his opposite hand or his strong hand? I think they're both the same. He is just unorthodox and he's able to finish in a variety of ways. Scorching hot January. And before I throw it to you, Grayson Allen yesterday in the post game. This is thanks to our friend Gabe Stoltz from brewhoop.com, a fantastic man and does great coverage of the Milwaukee Bucks. Grayson Allen said the East is really good this year and we've been floating in that second range. You don't do that in a tough conference without a couple of all-stars on your team. Here, here, Grayson. That's an excellent point. So, Camille, uh, do you have any strong thoughts on Brook v. Drew? And I guess the main question here is Drew is on an absolute tear right now. Yeah. Is he uh, timing his run to perfection? It helps. It helps a lot. And like you said, hearing that he's shooting 73% at the rim was surprising because, like you said, yeah. it feels like, He's leaving some meat on the bone there. Like he's not, there's still more that he can do. There's another level that he can reach, which was a similar conversation around Giannis and some of his struggles where like, we know he can do more. It's just at this moment, he's not operating at a peak performance, but he, for Giannis is putting up MVP numbers for Drew. It's making a really solid all-star case. You know what I mean? And it's like with this Bucks team and all that the season has been so far, we're halfway through it. Been a lot of moving pieces. This team has has tried to weather a lot of different storms at this point when it comes to roster construction. And Drew has been one of the more steady guys uh, on the team, even though he's missed some games himself. And when he's not in the game, you notice a big difference. The Bucks are already short on ball handlers. Um, so when you lose your primary one in Drew, like it shows. And to see how Drew has taken the team, put him on his back a little bit with Giannis out, with Chris out. We know they're coming back soon. Hopefully, I shouldn't say we know. With with Chris, it's a hope. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, it's this weekend. Giannis, we should be seeing pretty soon. But what Drew has been doing has been unbelievable. In the air or the article that Eric had, I had to tweet it myself because his numbers, even over the last four games without Giannis, like he took what he's done this month and took it up a whole other level from there. Um, in that article, Eric said that in the four games out of the Kumpo has missed, Holiday is averaging twenty seven points. 4.8 rebounds and 9.8 assists and 35.3 minutes per game. He has shot 59.4% from the field and 48.3% on 7.33 point attempts per game. He is shooting well on high volume because the Bucks don't have another option to really take some of those shots. And Drew is so interesting to watch because it's like the hard shots are easy for him. Somehow, some way, some shape, some form, that feels comfortable to him. That's how he gets into his rhythm, dribbling around, dancing a little bit more. Even Nick Nurse was like, I've never seen Drew Holiday this aggressive, offensively, really looking for his spots. And he is out here really taking it up another level. Uh, I think Drew has a really strong all-star case, especially if he can continue this play once Giannis gets back, 
once Chris gets back. Now we know the numbers. He's not going to be scoring 35, you know, 30 points a game when those two are back because you have to give the ball up a little bit more. But um, if he can be somebody who can just pick those spots and be aggressive when the team needs him to be, maybe Bud staggers the big three a little bit more to give Drew some time to really operate and run things on his own. Like the, the potential is, is high. Like Drew has a real all-star case here. It's, it's just the fact that you think of who he's competing against and it's like, we know he probably won't get that starter vote. That's out the window. Can he grab one of those reserve spots, either as one of the two backcourt members that you know we know of or one of the wild card spots? We'll just have to see how it shakes out. But if I had a ballot, I'd be putting Drew on it. Well, I'm glad you said that because now we're going to go through some names. And uh, interestingly, you mentioned the offense and the different touches. And, and clearly, he's had an opportunity these last few games to have the ball in his hands a little bit more, be a little more aggressive, uh, which he doesn't always either have the opportunity to do or perhaps doesn't feel like he mm-hmm. needs to when you got Giannis, Chris, all these guys. But I want to talk about the Bucks offense a little bit later in this show uh, and go through some of the numbers because if the Bucks ever get to a position where all the guys are playing, I think they obviously can do some interesting things on that end of the floor where it's been a struggle all season long. So I'm going to go through some names, Camille. Give me a yes or a no if they're an all-star. We'll start with the guards. Donovan Mitchell. Yes. All right. Who else have I got here? James Harden. That's a tough one. How many games that are we at with James right now? That's a tough one. James Harden has been playing well when he is on the court. Uh, if he was somebody who had a higher fan vote, I'd be like, of course he's going to make the team because, you know, fans here. But he's just missed quite a few games, it feels like, in my head when he had the, I think, the hamstring again. Well, he's probably not popular among Bucks fans. Uh, we'll put a maybe next to James Harden. Let's okay. come back to James. Jalen Brown. Jalen's an all-star this year. Agree. Kyrie Irving. That's another one where it's kind of like uh, after all of his uh, <laughs> outside noise that he was making, he has settled down and the Nets have been playing some really good basketball and he's been a key part of that as well. It'll be interesting to see what he does with this team with KD out. I know they've lost a couple with him out now, so it's kind of like can Kyrie lead that shit by himself? Let's, let's come back to Kyrie after we go through a few more names. He's a maybe for me right now. Oh, for what it's worth, I think he's in. And I think he might even get into the votes. I don't know what the votes are off the top of my head, but he's still getting you 29 a night, 28, 29 a night. I think he probably makes it in. Uh, Trey Young. I don't think Trey gets it this year. I like it. He's been a little inconsistent up and down. If there was going to be an all-star guard in Atlanta, I think it actually might be Murray over him. I don't think Murray will make it either at this point, but if I had to pick one in Atlanta, I would probably go Murray. Another Cleveland Cavalier, Darius Garland. Not this year. Okay. I'll tell you what, things are looking up here. Tyrese Halliburton. Absolutely. Paces. Absolutely. Like it. Uh, DeMar DeRozan with the aforementioned struggling Chicago Bulls. That's another one where it's kind of so thinking like James Harden or DeMar DeRozan. Um, I think the Bulls might be a little too bad for him to make it this year. So that's where it gets interesting. So they're the names that I had down. I went through the all-star ballot to just look at the guys that I thought are clearly in the mix. And the guys that I said, okay, well, Drew Holiday might be in a battle for him. Ultimately, it's coming down to the coaches. The coaches might need to decide between a guy like DeMar DeRozan and Drew Holiday, uh, Darius Garland and and Drew Holiday. 
And I think if you just look at the names, I think that Drew Holiday should be in the mix. And I think it was Frank Madden that pointed it out at least a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. He said, stop calling Drew Holiday underrated coaches and players and put him in the damn All-Star game. I think it was 2013, the last time he was in there. So, yeah, I think when you look at all those names, like Trey Young, it's like Trey Young, Drew Holiday, Trey Young. Yeah, Jalen Brunson's another guard. That's That's a good name he's played. Um, pretty well for a decent Knicks team. They probably mm-hmm. deserve an all-star. Does Julius Randle come in that mix? So oh, all this is to say, I think that there's a pretty good case. I think Grayson Allen might be onto something. What about the bigs, though? Let's quickly go through the bigs uh, from Brook Lopez's point of view. So Embiid is a yes. Uh, KD is a yes. Uh, Jason Tatum is a yes. And Giannis is a yes. So you got four absolute locks. One of them is going to be unlucky not to start. Probably Jason Tatum, in my opinion. But... Uh, I, I think those four are all going to be in there. The other three names that I had down here, and maybe you've got some others that are uh, in your mind, Camille, but I had the two Miami guys, which is interesting because Miami mm-hmm. hasn't played well, but Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, and then Pascal Siakam, if you give Toronto. But again, they're under 500. Any of those three, Bam, Jimmy, I, I think Bam's probably it. That I would think be Bam, my yeah, yeah. Jimmy. Jimmy has a case too. Um which is strange that the Heat would get two All-Stars uh, given where they are right now in the standings and everything. But I think Jimmy has a case. I'm not sure if it's as strong as the case I could make for even somebody like Pascal Siakam. I know the, the Raptors aren't doing well, um, but I don't know about Jimmy. Jimmy's putting up 22 points, seven rebounds, five assists. Uh, he's only shooting 32% for three. I'm not... Really, I, I don't know what goes into it for the coaches ultimately, um, but those are the guys that Brook Lopez is going to be in an all-star game. And then, you know, is Brook Lopez going to be the most entertaining player in an all-star game? Potentially not. Is he going to play big minutes? Potentially not. You know, Drew Holiday might pull out some behind the backboard stuff. I, I think the biggest case for Brook Lopez being there is the mic'd up. I think he'll be hilarious. We just saw it in the locker room yesterday. This guy is an entertainer. So I... I don't know. As I was going through the list now, again, I don't think the Bucks are going to have three. But the closer we get, I think they're going to have one of these two guys. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Let's see what uh, the coaches think in terms of how they prioritize the defensive stuff. Both those guys are obviously elite. Uh, so it's going to be fascinating. Let's talk about the other end of the floor, offense with the Bucks. after we talk about betonline.net, which has been our long-term sponsor of this podcast and it's your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there uh, but when it comes specifically to the nba you can get the odds for defensive player of the year and as we were just discussing brooke lopez should be up there so should Giannis. potentially drew holiday might be a long shot uh, but we all think that he's been ripped off over the years anyway so you can find all your news, your odds, your info, your stats, everything you want. It's uh, fast and easy to use. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
So I had someone tweet this, either tweeted at me or it was in the YouTube comments, Camille. That's was said that the last two nights, obviously the Bucks cracked 130 points. It was they've only done that three times for the season, I think, but they've done it twice, and obviously Giannis hasn't been there. And I said, well. That's interesting. Just first of all, because we've watched this team all season long and Giannis has carried, he's put this entire team on his back and said, if you fools aren't making any threes, I'm going to have to do everything and put my head down and score and dunk over everyone, get to the free throw line. And I think that by necessity, when Giannis isn't in there, you have to see other guys have the ball and how can they create. I think we saw... Some really fun offense yesterday with Drew Holiday doing different things. Definitely you know, Joe Ingles and the way that he's been incorporated into this team. But this is the numbers that I had to look at because ultimately in 2023, you got to hit some threes. And mm-hmm. if you're not hitting your threes, you're going to be in trouble. Over the course of the whole season, the Bucks are 38%, well, 38.6% on wide open threes. Over the last five games, which we understand Giannis hasn't played four of them, they're 48%. So they've gone 10% better on those wide open threes. On just open threes, they were 32.8% for the season, which is disastrous. Over the last five games, they've been up at 42%. So they're just hitting threes. We thought that this team had better shooters than what we've seen. Mm-hmm. I think part of the problem is that a lot of the guys that we think can shoot have been in and out of the lineup, probably a little bit rusty, don't have their legs. But I am intrigued and I remain excited about the prospect of the things that this team can do offensively when you have Giannis and Drew and Chris and particularly Joe that I think you know whatever I love Joe but I I think that he surprised some people with the way that he could create and get things going on this offense that at times can be stagnant and just all stand around and watch Giannis yeah in that uh when last night against Toronto in that third quarter where the Bucks just took off and Grayson and Brooke were just knocking down every three, there was a fast break and Joe was bringing the ball up and he tosses it to the corner to Grayson. And instead of watching the ball go in, he just looks at Grayson, starts running up the court, already has his hand, like about the high five. I'm like, this is about to go in. It goes in, the arena goes crazy. And that's when I was just kind of like, this is the idea of what you, you hope to see with the Bucks, where it's like, they're knocking down the easy shots here. And I think over the last couple of games, these last two wins in particular, we've been seeing a few different things happening at once. One thing that we know for sure, when the Bucks don't have Giannis, they're going to put up more threes. So shooting more threes, coinciding with you hitting more threes, like of course is going to make that offense look a little bit better at this point. You would hope that this would have happened. I kept hoping there would be a regression. We're going to have aggression. But stop some regression again. You know what I'm saying? I was hoping that after starting so poorly, at some point the Bucks shooting would improve. Didn't necessarily expect that to happen without Giannis on the floor, given how much space he tends to create for his teammates to give them those wide open looks. But they have been bombing away without him in the game, and it's coinciding with them finally starting to knock some down. We know they got the talent to do that, so we're seeing that come through. We're seeing the, we're seeing Joe get more comfortable with his role, uh, figuring out where certain guys like things now. Him not playing with two key parts of what the Bucks are looking to do with Chris and Giannis is problematic to a certain point. But this is a guy who tore his ACL and hasn't played basketball 
um, in almost a year. So seeing him just kind of get into his rhythm, start figuring out some of his other teammates, some of the guys that he might play with a little bit more on that second unit. Uh, it, it's been really cool to see because with Joe Ingles, it was the thing of, is he starting off slow because he's coming back from injury or is he starting off slow because it's the beginning of a wash, the spin cycle? Like it was like, which one is it at this point? It's starting to look like he just needed some time to reacclimate himself to the game, be used to his teammates and be able to make some plays for the team. So that's been a big, big plus for the Bucks because as we've mentioned before, not that many ball handlers on the team, not that many guys you would call real playmakers. Um, and Joe has a vision. Joe is looking to set up guys. He's talking to guys. He's a good teammate. He's somebody who has brought a lot of value to this team over the last couple of games when he's been playing. Um, so you have that going on. The three is being knocked down. You have Drew Holiday taking control, being aggressive of the game. It's just been a different dynamic. And against these two teams, it's worked. Now, the games haven't been flawless by any means because both of the first halves of those games were like, oh, my God, what is what is going on with this team right now? Because I know they can play better than that. And both of the second halves that we've seen has been like, OK, OK, Bucks. Like, yes, this is how we know you can play basketball. Like, let's keep the pressure up. Like, let's do this right here. So defensively also seeing them switch a little bit more has been interesting. They dusted off as uh, Eric on Tech File calls them the olds on the Bucks uh, with Wes coming out and, you know, uh, George Hill coming out. Good George Hill game. And that first night in the back-to-back, Wes as well. So it's just things have been going right at this point for the group that's playing together in this moment. Like they lost the two games in Miami. That was terrible. I know Bucks Twitter was also on edge after those games because Miami was also missing key parts. So it was kind of like who's – whose incomplete team can beat whose incomplete team. But when you see what they did on back-to-backs, which is taxing on the guys, we know that the NBA is cut back on back-to-backs for a reason. Uh, It's just kind of encouraging to say, like, okay, we see that this team can be what we think they can be. Uh, Now let's see what they can do once they're able to add back in Giannis and add back in Chris and give them some time all to collate together. Because, again – Reintroducing in Chris, we know he's played with these guys for a while now, but there are some new wrinkles in there that he has to get used to. Him and Joe got to build that chemistry. Same with Giannis. So just when we get the full team together, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to watch how they reacclimate with one another because as we've seen over the last few games, we know these guys can shoot and knock things down. And with Giannis out there giving them even more space, if they can just consistently knock down their threes, which – as a Bucks fan, we know that's asking for a lot at this point with these Bucks teams. Like they're in really good shape. They can do if they can do that on offense and on defense, tighten up and just play with some effort, play like they, you know, that they care about the game necessarily, or then they're committing to the schemes. They can do that. Cut down on turnovers. Like this is the championship team that we know that they can be. So reversion, I think. So regression, reversion. Is that is I that what you're that looking for? Right. Yeah. But the thing is, I had an argument with eric over this in the past because to me and i'm probably wrong let's let's be honest but i always thought that regression means you, you're coming backwards and reversion yeah. means you're going back to the norm anyway he was str- very very strong that regression means both it doesn't sound right to me but uh i'm probably wrong and that's why eric's an award-winning uh, sports writer in the uh, fine state of wisconsin so yeah i i think uh if you know if you're Giannis and you're sitting on the bench and you're watching this team do some different things offensively and look pretty capable, 
and it, it's not just as simple as as knocking down those shots. The Bucks can get open threes all the time, and Giannis creates, I would have to imagine, as many open threes as any player mm-hmm. in the league. So yeah, you just have to knock down some shots. We've discussed multiple times how many assists Giannis has missed out on from guys just bricking open threes. But having guys that can that can run offense and not feel like they're just just desperately trying to hang on when Giannis is on the bench when it comes to the postseason, because Giannis will play 40 minutes, but those eight minutes can be pretty scary. But Drew, if he now has a partner like mm-hmm. Joe Ingles or Chris Milton is out there, obviously we know Brooke Lopez can be a little more offensive when Giannis isn't on the floor. And that's why, for the most part, I've still been optimistic about George Hill. He's not a major player, but he's a late rotation guy because like, if you're asking me who I feel more confident in in running offense, whether it's Javon Carter or George Hill, it's George Hill comfortably, yeah. comfortably. But the defensive stuff has been a question with George, and I get that. So I, I think overall, you know, Giannis has had these four games off. It could have been disastrous, but we've seen some positives, and people always point to and say, well, Bud, just run some offense, do some stuff offensively. Don't just let Giannis do everything and everyone stand around. But I do think for a lot of the times this year, you haven't had a lot of guys that can that can create stuff offensively, which is why Giannis has had to do everything that he's had to do, which has concerned me because of his body, and you want him mm-hmm. to get to the postseason feeling fresh. So Chris Middleton's the key piece. We hope he plays in this game against Cleveland. But overall, yeah, I, I still would have to bet that they make a trade and maybe they add some guy, whether that's someone else that can be a little more dynamic offensively. We'll wait and see. That would be nice. Um, but I think they have... Uh, some pieces we're just going to see this team all together and i would love to see an eight or nine man rotation with all of those guys there and you're not playing any of the the guys deep 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 in the rotation which basically the bucks have had to do every single game this season i mean they haven't had a game where all their guys have been out there and i think you've got some interesting rotation options where we can all sit back and say hey i'm pretty comfortable with this lineup even if Giannis is on the bench and let's face it that has not been a common thing for a Bucks fan. You see Giannis on their bench and you're just looking at your watch and saying, let's get that man back out on the floor and, and not give up a 10-0 run or something like that. So, yeah, not perfect, as you pointed to, Camille, but um, some positive stuff, and it's fun when they're scoring points. It feels yeah. like it's been a drag all season long. Uh, tell you what isn't a drag. It's a game-to-game podcast where you can catch up on everything from around the NBA on a nightly basis. Go to your podcast app on the Locked On NBA feed. Chuck on the podcast in the morning if you miss some games. And the the, uh, the local hosts from all around the league will keep you up to date with everything that their teams were doing the night before. That's a Locked On Game to Game podcast on your Locked On NBA feed. Go check it out. Uh, Camille, uh, what should we do about the Tech Foul podcast? It sounds like you were in the protocol. It's just I'm thrilled to see that you're okay. I'm feeling all mm-hmm. right. But uh, so you're not on the podcast? I'm not on it this week. The guys held it down for us. Uh, the episode is out now. I have not gotten a chance to listen to it yet. And every time that I miss a week, it is always fun to go back and see uh, <laughs> see how, how off the rails it might have gotten because I tend to help kind of keep, keep things online. Eric, when I'm not there, steps in. He's a LeBron of the crew in that way where it's like he, he's not necessarily the point guard, but he can, he'll run that offense. So um, I'm hopeful that they didn't give him too much trouble this week. All right. Check out the Tech Foul podcast. Even though Camille's not there, who's, you know, we're biased here, but uh, she's, <laughs> she's our favorite, but we love the whole crew. Go check it out. Uh, like I said, locked on Cavs tomorrow. So if you've got any question for the fellas that cover the Cavaliers on a daily basis, get them in on YouTube and we'll fire one or two of them 
uh, at those guys tomorrow when we podcast with them. Camille, always a pleasure to hang out with you. And for everyone else, like I said, subscribe if you haven't done so already. And you'll know every time we do a show Monday to Friday as soon as it drops. Uh, we'll catch you guys tomorrow as we uh, have these rare multiple days off for the Bucks. It's no fun, but we'll keep podcasting. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.